0: Amen. Hardy. Hardy. Good morning, everyone. Hardy. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? All right, everybody looks really good. Good morning already. Good, awesome time of worship, and it's good to just, just take a moment and look around the room. Just look around for a moment. Look at your neighbors. Look at those around you. There's a lot of uh, handsome and beautiful faces in here this morning, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. All right, I'm going to need a little bit of help for a moment. Can I get people just stationed around? Uh, in a moment, we're going to need every light turned out in here. And so if I could get help on the shades, and you'll be signaled to know when to do it. Some help up here. Um, good, you already got those lights out. These are going to have to go out in a minute and get some people on that back light switch. Can we get everyone just to cover a light switch and make sure? No. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Okay, so you're going to know, you're going to know about the time to do this. And I'm going to need... Yeah, one other thing, just to prepare for this little illustration, would everyone get your phones out? I know you're not used to hearing that in church, are you? <laughs> go ahead and get your phones out. Go ahead and set your phone. You know how sometimes the, the light is either dim or high? Set it as high as it can go. Not your flashlight, but your, you know, your, the light on your screen. Make sure that's as high as it can go, and then go ahead and turn it off and just keep your phone handy for you, All right. And I had two volunteers this morning. They both disappeared on me. I'm going to need a volunteer uh, this morning for a little illustration. Do I have any? And and Val and um, Jeff, could you guys help move this? Oh, there's Swiftie right there. We're going to need to move this table right here over just a little bit. So, all right. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture. You're going to know when to turn out the lights. All right. This is Isaiah 60 verse 2. For behold, darkness will cover the earth. That was the signal. All these out right here. Darkness will cover the earth. These out here, let's get these out. here. Right. Ooh, all right. It got pretty dark in here, didn't it? All right, so darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness will cover the people. All right, so I'm going to need, I'm actually going to use, um, oh gosh, yes, Danielle, I need you as a volunteer. <laughs> All right, so what I'm about to do is we've got darkness covering the earth, so this room is dark, right? And we've got deep darkness covering the people. Can I mess up your hair? It looks so good. Okay, make sure it's right there. You can mess up your hair, Daniel. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) All right, so we've got darkness covering the earth. This room is dark, and we've got deep darkness covering the people, all right? So I'm going to ask Danielle a simple question. Danielle, what am I holding in my hand? Okay, That's fair. Don't you think that's fair? She she can't see what I'm holding. Now, as I was reading the passage, I'm going to finish reading it, if I can see it. (laughs) Darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness covers the people. But, that's a good but, amen? But, my phone won't stay lit. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. The Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Now, what I'd like to do is, starting with this section over here to my right, I would like you all to all turn on your phones and hold them up. This section right here, everybody turn on your phones and hold them up. Swifty, can you go ahead and light the bow? Can you get this light? This middle section right here, would you turn on your phones and light them all up, please? This section right here. This section right here. OK, Danielle, I'm going to take you by the hand, trust me. I'm not leaving you. Follow me. Don't leave me, Daniel. I Does it look a little brighter in here? Um, yeah. A little bit. All right, so stay right here, OK? Now if you would, go ahead and turn on your flashlights. Whoa, don't stand there. Okay, let's back up over here. Okay. It's going as smooth as it could possibly go right here. All right. Danielle, can you tell what I'm holding in my hand right now? No, still not. Mm. Just, I don't know. Okay, just peek up, peek up from underneath your little <laughs> veil there. What am I holding in my hand? It's a Bible. It's a Bible! Alright guys, give Danielle a hand. All right, go ahead and let's get the lights back on. All right, so it didn't work. We didn't test it. This, that was actually live. That was, right, that was live right there. We're not into this fake stuff, but it didn't work either. So, but you guys get the point, right? I mean, so there's a, there's a level of darkness in this world. Just, just the fact it says that, the, you know, that darkness will cover the earth, but deep darkness will cover the people. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory... Will appear upon you. Look at that last point. The Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Now I know Tulio likes to repeat things. I'm gonna have you repeat something because this phrase is really important. Could you repeat? The glory will appear upon you. Appear upon you. Now look at your neighbor and say, his glory is upon you. His glory is upon you. This phrase is so extremely important. It's about his glory, right? It's about his glory. What does Romans 3.23 say? It says that for all have what? And what? We focus so much on for all have sinned. But you know the highlight in that verse is the glory. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of what? Sin literally means to miss the mark. What's the mark? What's the target? What's the goal? It's his glory, right? Right? That's the mark. That's the target. The glory, the target, the mark is the glory of God. Where's the glory of God rising? Where's the glory of God resting? Where? Upon you and upon you and upon you and upon you. And although darkness covers the face of the earth and deep darkness, the people, the glory of the Lord rests upon you and you and you. And the target, the aim of all of life is what? The glory of God. And so we'll talk a little bit more about what what the glory of God is as we move on. You see, because what happens is, is that this this veil right here, as Danielle put on, would y'all agree that there's a level of darkness just in this world? What does darkness symbolize? What? It's a lack of what? It's a lack of light. So this room, we wouldn't say this room is dark right now because we turned on the what? the lights. So there's places, there's regions, there's areas where you could say, man, it's dark. Not physically, not literally, but maybe a sens- sense of spiritually or morality or, you know, of some sense like that. But this, this right here, when Danielle put this on, this represents a veil. Actually, in 2 Corinthians, can we ta- let's take a look at that first slide. Do we have the first slide up there? I'm going to back up before we go to 2 Corinthians. It says, you are the light of the world. That's Jesus speaking and he's referring to his followers. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine in such a good way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. What's the goal? We want people to what? See our lights they shine in such a way they see our works they see us shining that the result the end result is what? The glory. we're going back to the glory. All right, now let's look at this next passage in 2 Corinthians, and we're going to catch back up to this illustration. I know it's a lot, so bear with me. It says, "'Even if our gospel is veiled, "'it is veiled to those who are perishing, "'in whose case the God of this world "'has blinded the minds of the unbelieving "'so that they might not see the light of the gospel,' "'gospel, literally good news, "'which is the glory of Christ, "'who is the image of God. "'For we do not preach ourselves.'" but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. All right, so we know this, that the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. Second Corinthians says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving. All right, so it's one thing to be in a place that is dark it's another thing if you're an unbeliever because you've got two layers of darkness. You've got a dark room, and then you've got this veil that's covering your eyes, and you can't see. All right. So the idea is, is that for unbelievers, how can we help unbelievers? I mean, it's one thing, it was super dark. The illustration didn't work, but the idea was is that when we, everyone lit their phones and we turned on this awesome oil lamp, that it began to brighten up a little bit. And you know how when you play certain games, you're like, here's the blindfold, but you can still see a little bit. All right, that was the idea. See, I can still see a little bit right here. And see, that's what we as believers, that's one of the things that we want to do is we want to help the blind who have a veil over their eyes to set an atmosphere, to set a culture of light that helps them see the glory of God. Now, that's the foundation that we're going to build off of. And in case you haven't noticed, the Christmas theme this year is Jesus, the light of the world. And so that's where we're moving. We're moving in. Do you all agree that Jesus is the light of the world? But there's also this aspect where he says, you're the light. Now, you're the light. Let your light shine in such a way that people see your good works. So the end is what? The glory of God, right? And so I I want to put a little disclaimer in here right now that as we talk about, I'm going to focus this morning on being light. And how is it that we can be light? How is it that our light can increase? And how is it that our light can sustain? We want sustainability, right? We want not only our light to shine brighter and brighter, but we want it to continue to shine brighter and brighter. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. So as we talk about we're the light being the light, the disclaimer is this, is that you might hear a lot about, you know, uh, Val was kind of giving me this little commercial because I don't read a lot of Facebook, I don't watch a lot of news. But she said, Dan, you know, when you talk about the light, you might want to put a little disclaimer in there because there's a lot of other people talking about the light. You know, the light within you, follow the light within you, some of the new age things and some of that. And I just want to put that, I know you know that, that we're ta- what we're talking about here is that Jesus is the light. Ultimately, our light is to point people to, towards him, right? All right, so in case you're new in here, we just want to make sure that you know that we're ultimately, we are talking about Jesus. All right, so we looked at 2 Corinthians So the goal is to see the light. Now this phrase right here is a really important phrase. I want to get a hold of this. In 2 Corinthians, are we still up there? All right, but you see the light, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I want to back up. Look in verse 4. It says, In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they may not see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ. All right, so the light of the gospel. So the enemy has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Do you know why? Why is that? The enemy fears your light. The reality is the enemy fears the light that as we as a church, if our light starts shining as God desires and God calls our light to shine, that the enemy, it's not enough for the world to be dark. The enemy has to blind the eyes of the unbeliever. And it's, our, it's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to light the light, right? So our responsibility is not to take the veil off of people. Our responsibility is to cause there to be enough light that people could say, hey, what, what, I see something over there. Hey, what is that? I can't see it real good, but it looks like, is that hope that you got on you? Is that love? Is that joy? Is that peace? Because imagine this, how many of y'all, many of y'all work in places that you could say, don't raise your hand, but do any of y'all work in a place that you would say is kind of dark? There's some darkness in the place where you work. All right, so your goal, see, it's not your goal to go up to your coworkers and your friends to say, oh, you got a veil over your face because you're an unbeliever. Satan has blinded you. Let me peel the veil (laughs) off your face. That's not your job. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility, I might have to get the hand... Your responsibility is to provide enough light in that atmosphere and that environment so they start asking questions. Maybe there is something else. I mean, I got around a couple people on campus one time and it made me start thinking, what the heck is wrong with them? In a good way. Look at that joy they've got. Look at that. Look at that. The room got so bright, I began to think that there was something else to life than what I was doing. That you could actually live life differently than the way I was living it. That there, See, I, I, and all of a sudden, I began to ask questions. And, and it brought me to this place where, man, I asked the question, I don't know much about God, but I'm interested in learning more about Him. Well, guess what? That person whose light was shining with a room full of people's light shining, said, i would be glad to tell you about Him," Because here's what happens is all we do is we shine the light. So we, get, we spark people's curiosity. The veil's not actually taken off of an unbeliever until they turn to the Lord. It says the veil is removed when people turn to the Lord. So our job, our role, our responsibility is to shine. And this morning, what I want to talk about is how do we shine brighter and how do we continue to shine? We want sustainability, right? How many of y'all know it's easy to shine for a moment? It's easy to get excited for a moment, especially around Christmas time, right? Christmas time is, an e- I mean, you start seeing people's lights start shining Christmas time, right? We're watching the Christmas movies. We're watching uh, The Christmas Carol and The Christmas, what's the Wonderful one? High. The Wonderful Light. Yeah, we, we just saw a play at Ford Theater, Christmas. The Christmas Carol. And man, and at the end of that, at the end of that play, you know, they, they said, hey, listen, we're so glad everyone came out. For it. And it was phenomenal. You know, it was done so well. At the end of the play, they say, hey, we, we're supporting a homeless center in Washington, D.C., and we would love for you to consider giving to that. Do you know, I mean, it was a joy to give to that. I mean, because you watch this play and you see how this person's life was changed. They were living for themselves. They were living for the wrong things. And all of a sudden they start living in a way. And man, you see, you start, you start getting happy because you see, man, look at the change. Look at the lives that are changed. And then, hey, could you give to this? Yeah, I want to give to this. Man, here, here's some money. So your light starts shining brightly, right? I mean, we get to the Salvation Army. We have the giving tree. I mean, that's what Christmas does, right? I mean, for a lot of people, it brings out, it just brings out this new sense, right? And then January comes. January is exciting too, right? It's a new year. You got a new start. You got new opportunities. We're writing down our visions and our dreams for the new year, right? And so what happens is, is this is kind of the picture. This is us. Imagine this is us. And I'm afraid that speaker is going to shout at me. So maybe before we head into January, I mean, December, you know, we, it's been a long year. <laughs> and our lights are just a little bit dim. We start watching a few Christmas movies. We get a little excited. It's coming. Christmas is coming. I'm a little happier. And when I'm happier, I do better things. Maybe I'm a little more giving. Maybe I'm a little more generous. And, you know, you're asking the Lord, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to give. I want to be generous. Oh, and then here comes New Year. It's a brand new start. I'm really getting excited, right? I mean, there's new, there's new, it's a new, fresh start. Man, I'm excited. I'm so excited. And then what happens is, is see, we get pretty, we get our light is shining and it's so bright. And if all of us could just stay somewhere right about there, I think that we would see world revival. Because even though the lost have a veil on their eyes, they would see just enough to go, What is that? What is that about you? Remember, we're not ripping veils off people's eyes, Jesus does that. See, we're the light that's not an end to itself. Jesus is the light that's an end to Himself. Our light is a means to the end, and the means is Jesus. He's the end. Our light is just a point. Our light isn't to go. Look at how awesome this light is. Do you see how bright it is? No, our light is to point on the object, which is the glory of God. And when you see the glory of God, the light begins to shine. All right. So, but what happens is, is now we move into. Um, the end of January, we were there. I don't want, but and then we we are already our resolutions. We're not fulfilling them. <laughs> the lights getting a little dimmer, right? <laughs> February hits. We get the credit card statements for all the <laughs> all the generosity and all the giving that we did, and now we begin to regret. What was I thinking? And then life goes back to normal, right? So what happens? I mean, is life, are we called to go like boom, 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 boom? Is that what we're really called to do? Mm -mm. Man, I'm so bright. Get around me. Man, you're going to see some awesome things. You're going to come to know Jesus. You know, it's not called to do, we're not called to be like this. So what I want to talk about this morning is how do we get it high and how do we sustain it? How does it stay up there? Everybody okay so far? Since we got off to such a smooth start. Danielle, you still did a good job. Danielle's real. You're going to get real. You're not going to get fake. I couldn't even prep her. I couldn't say, Danielle, just pretend like you see it. She wouldn't do it because that's just who she is. All right. So it's about, So as I, as I began to look through the scripture, man, what I realized is that I would love to have this simple formula that just says, you want a sustaining light? Here's what you do. All right. Because a lot of times when we, when we th- talk about lights, we're actually talking about the fruit of light, like good works. What's a good work? Let your light shine before all men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. What's a good work? Open the door for someone, a good work? Giving someone a gift, a good work? A kind word, a good work? Caroling Caroling is the best of best works. (laughs) Caroling is the work of all works, right? Right? But see, here's the trap. We get focused on the works. We're like, I'm going to shine real bright. I'm going to do my quiet time. And I'm going to go caroling. And I'm going to drop some money in the Salvation Army bucket. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to give here. And I'm going to go here. And we're like, yeah, those are works. They're good works. They're good works. But it's the fruit. Those are described as the fruit of the light. It's not the light itself. That's the fruit of light. So as I begin to look, I begin to realize that the sustainability of our light shining isn't so much about being focused on my light. It's not so much focused on did I have my quiet time? Am I giving generously? Am I thinking of others? Am I putting people first? Am I raking my neighbor's leaves? Am I doing all of these things? And this is this is what I discovered. It's more about this. It's recognizing the light in one another. It's responding to the light in one another. And it's receiving the light in one another. Back to 2 Corinthians verse 4, that phrase, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Now think about that phrase. The light of the gospel, there's that paraphrase in there, that messes up. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. We want people to see the glory of Christ. So the gospel is the good news. And so the light is good news. And what happens is that good news begins to point people towards Jesus Christ. And as they begin to see Jesus, we know what happens, right? As they see Jesus and if they take that step and they move towards Jesus and say Jesus, I surrender. Jesus says, I'm glad that you surrender. Now you're going to see full. Now you're going to begin to see more clear than you've ever seen before. Then he begins to remove the veil. But the interesting thing is, it's like, where's this light coming from? The light of the gospel. Where is it coming from? Look at your neighbor. That's where it's coming from. The light of the gospel is coming from you and it's coming from your neighbor. Because look where it's shown. It is the one who is shown where? In our hearts. Where is it? Where's this light coming from? In our hearts. And what will it do? It'll give the light of the knowledge of the glory in the face of Christ. I love His the face, because if you can see his face, that's game over for a lost person. I mean, that's game over for a believer, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. If you can see his face, if you can begin to see his face, there's a promise in the Bible. It says, if you see his face, you will be transformed into that same image from glory to glory to glory. So that's the goal. That's, that's, what we're moving for. that's what we're moving towards. But where is it? How are we Where's the light coming from? It's shown in your hearts. That's where it's coming from. All right. Now we're going to look at, we're going to camp out on Mark. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, and we're going to be beginning in verse 1. All right. Give you guys a moment to get there. You can use your phones or a real, or a real Bible. Whatever you prefer. Hopefully, um, this begins to, hopefully the light comes on. I'm looking around. I see some lights not coming on, but I don't think it's your fault. (laughs) I think it's my fault. So (laughs) hopefully some lights begin to come on in just a few minutes. All right, so this is Mark chapter 6. Remember, we want to recognize the light, or I'm going to also use the word glory. We want to recognize the light and glory. And others, we want to respond to that light and we want to receive that light. So you say, how in the world is that going to cause my light to become brighter? And how in the world is that going to cause my light to sustain and to stay lit so it's not going up and down? So Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues. And many listeners were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands. So would you guys agree that there's a level of recognition? I mean, they're recognizing, like, man, this guy speaks with wisdom that I have never heard. What is these miracles that are taking place At his hands. They're recognizing something, right? They're recognizing something about him. But then they get tripped up, they get stumbled up. Verse 3: Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his own relatives and his own household. And he couldn't do many miracles there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around from there, visiting villages. They recognized something, but they did not respond appropriately. And we know that they didn't receive appropriately. Right? We know that there's a level of glory in each one of us. Right? Yep. God has put His. I mean, think about glory. This for a moment. Just think about it. It's His handprint. It's His fingerprint. God has put his fingerprint on you and 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 you. And so what happens is you begin to recognize that fingerprint in one another. And I begin to say, what is the light in Danielle? What is the glory in Danielle? Oh, and I begin to recognize, oh, I see it. I see that. Now what happens if all of us in this room made a conscious effort to begin to recognize The glory in one another. That we actually looked for what was good in one another. That we actually made it our goal, I am going to find the glory in Tulio. And it may not be obvious at first, but I am going to find it. That was not a good illustration. I mean it's a great illustration. In Tulio, it is very obvious. The glory in Tulio is very obvious. What if we did that? Let's just start there. I'm going to recognize the glory in those that I'm around. What if, we took it a step, what if we took it a step further? What if we begin to respond to that glory? Like we begin to make adjustments. We begin to change something. Maybe we change the direction. Maybe we change our posture. Maybe we took the advice that they were offering. Maybe we listened to them. Maybe we, maybe we, we, be, we just made preparations. We're, we're actually, we've not only recognized, because it's easy. You can recognize stuff on someone. But that doesn't mean that you respond to them. And what if we took it all the way to the next step and we actually said, you know what? I am going to receive from Tulio. And not only do I recognize it on him, but I'm actually, I'm going to actually receive. I've recognized, I responded, I receive from him. Because the Jesus, in Jesus' hometown, this is what it said. It said that they, there was a recognition of him but he's he gonna say a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. They, they they did not respond to him as a prophet. They did not receive from him as a prophet. Why is that? Because they got hung up. They stumbled over what? I know you. I know who you are. I'm very familiar with you. Aren't you the carpenter? Aren't you Mary's sons? I know your brothers. I know your sisters. That's who you are. And all along, right in front of them, he's speaking with wisdom that's beyond human ability. He's performing miracles that can only be done by the hand of God. And they aren't able to respond appropriately to it because they are are hung up on who they think he is. So what if we just changed our thinking in this room? What if we just said, look, I'm not going to recognize George according to the flesh. I'm not going to recognize George according to those times where he offended me. The few times where he didn't recognize me, he didn't say hello to me, where he let me down. I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to look for the glory that's in George. Not only am I going to recognize, make an effort to recognize the glory that's in George, I am going to respond to that glory. Because the beautiful thing is, is that as you begin to recognize and respond, you begin to step into a place of receiving. Now, now we are talking, some of the challenges, what's the challenges in living life this way? The challenge is familiarity, right? How many of y'all, don't answer this question, have stopped seeing the glory in your spouse? I guarantee you it was the glory in your spouse that attracted you to them. There was something in your spouse that you saw that was attractive. It was a light. It was a glory. How many of you guys have stopped seeing the goodness in your own children? How many of you are having a hard time? I love it. You know, when our kids go somewhere and someone comes back, you know, they've been somewhere for a while and they give you this positive report. They're like, gosh, they're so respectful they carry on such good conduct. Cover- you're like what wait what kids are you talking about <laughs> who's seeing properly who's actually seen according to god's perspective because that you know familiar familiarity breeds what contempt familiarity breeds contentment no contempt not <laughs> I practiced that too, you guys, I was because I kept saying, whatever, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because every time when I go home for Christmas, our parents live close to each other. So when I go home to my house, all right, and when I go home to Val's house, it's two completely different experiences. When I go home, I'm still seen as the baby of the family, you know, the fun one, the goofy one the immature one, you know, and on and on and on. And you know what I realized? They haven't seen me grow in the Lord. Like, they're not seeing me. They don't see, you know, they don't see me walking out my Christian life. They haven't seen this. They've never heard. They haven't. And so what do they do? They're treating me with the familiarity of being the baby in the family. Do y'all go back home and have that? You ever go home, you're like, I've got, I'm on an assignment. I'm going to rip the veil off my family's face. <laughs> No, don't do that. That's not your job. (laughs) We don't take the veils off. Veils only come off when people turn to Jesus. Jesus pulls the veil off. We're just trying to shine a little light so they can see the door. Here's the door, right here. So, but you go home, and you're on a mission. You know, it could be, and and your light's shining. Day one, you're walking in the Spirit, right? This is cool, man. I think I'm making a difference. My light's shining. Day two, you know, you've been eating a bunch of garbage. You're not sleeping very good. Your brothers and sisters and your parents are starting to get on your nerves. And day three, here's day three. (laughs) It's time to go home before you kill somebody, right? You're going to lose your salvation if you stay there any longer at all. It's time to get out of there. Now, the cool thing is, is when I go to Val's house, like, like, they didn't raise me. So they don't know all of my stuff, right? They actually see me a little bit differently, and I can actually engage in real meaningful conversations, especially with Val's mom. It's really cool. Like, I get into some really cool spiritual conversations with Val's mom. And there's like this sense of honor. Like, I feel like she's like honors me and she sees me differently. And you know what? She gets a whole different experience from me than, say, my mom does, you know. And I, and I begin to, you know, and there's this sense of my light shine in there. And I feel like I'm free. I feel like I'm being honored. I feel like I'm giving. I feel like I'm I'm valuing others. And my light is, my my light. So familiarity is one of the things that we have to guard against. There's also this. We got to guard against as we're looking to recognize, respond, and release the light, the glory in others is that we can take others for granted. I'm guilty of doing this, you know. I bet some of us in here, we've taken one another for granted. You know, every time a visitor comes to this church, it's almost they say the exact same thing almost every time. This place is phenomenal. They say stuff like this, man, the level of leadership and maturity that is in this house. If only we had leaders, if only we had the level of maturity. I mean, you hear it all the time. Is that true or false? That's, that's absolutely true. You look at people that come in and they speak and they're here for a few days. Do you guys see each other that way? <laughs> you can hit them care just get away <laughs> I had a really good friend who just took a job out of town and this friend is a super godly man a man of character a man of integrity and his wife the same way I mean they're phenomenal people they're just rock solid phenomenal people and so they've been through some stuff man they've been through some real hard stuff in life and yet they're faithful to the Lord. Man, they're faithful to their church body. They're consistent. They're integrous. Their character. They're all of this. But, you know, as, you, as Val and I got close to him, you can see, man, there's not a lot of intimacy in their marriage. I mean, they respect one another. I mean, they do love one another, but there's not a lot of real intimacy and real enjoyment and real, like, value. And you can see a little bit of distance in there. Y'all following me? Gets this job. He's traveling out of town. He's out of town five days a week. He's in the job for about two months, and all of a sudden I talk to him. And he says, man, I'm beginning to see her in a whole new way. It's actually who she's always been, but he said, I've taken her for granted. And so like this when they this distance, all of a sudden they're beginning to see each other in a whole different way, and they're longing to be together. And their intimacy and their marriage and their communication, it was like this is now going like this. It's a real beautiful thing. They're actually seeing what's really inside one another. Another thing that can hinder us from recognizing the light in one another, responding and releasing that, is just that we see each other according to the flesh. And they said that to Jesus. Hey, isn't this the what? The son of who? That's just flesh. Your family line is flesh. This is the son of Mary. Here's his sister. Here's his brothers. Oh, yeah, we're familiar. He's a carpenter, Right? And we begin to look at one another with those types of eyes. If you have a whole culture and environment, that's how everyone is seeing each other. This is what the voltage looks like. That would have caused a pretty good light, wouldn't it? This is what that kind of atmosphere looks like, you guys. We're not really finding the beauty and good in one another. Sometimes we're more just kind of putting up with one another. And then we wonder, man, why is it the revival in our community? How come people aren't getting saved? You know, it said that Jesus wondered. Jesus wondered at their unbelief. I mean, have you guys ever wondered, why aren't we seeing more miracles? Where's, where's the signs and the wonders? Where's, where's the healings? Where's, the, where's all these things? And then we try, well, I'm gonna shine my light. I'm gonna exercise my gift. Here I go. And then we try to shine our light. And it's not getting any brighter. But what if we did this? Just saying. What if in our environment we made it a goal? I'm gonna recognize the light in Brian. And I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. And then I'm going to receive. See, you guys, here's the problem, though. You can't fake receiving. You could almost fake your way to recognize. Oh, I see them. Oh, yeah. But to receive is a heart issue. Now, imagine if this whole church, we did this with one another. What if we did this with one another? The target's the glory, right? We're just drawing out the glory in one another. And this church is getting brighter and brighter. It's so bright, people are driving by and going, what is going on over there? I need to check it out. And there's stuff that's, there's things that are happening over there. There's stuff that's going on. They were familiar with Jesus and the result result was they did not recognize the glory in Jesus. They did not recognize him. See, the beauty is when we recognize, respond and receive the glory, we actually get to participate and share in that glory. Now, you're talking about your light. So now you're taking your light, right? All of a sudden you're participating, you're sharing, and you're receiving in someone else's glory. Guess what happens? It's going up, right? And, you're, and it's not going up because you're performing. Because whatever you, whatever you perform to get your flame to go up, you have to perform to keep it up, right? But if my flame goes up because I'm actually recognizing and honoring and, and receiving your glory, right? If that becomes a lifestyle, And I'm actually walking that. Listen to what Jesus said. And this is Matthew 10, 40. He says, He who receives me, let this sink in. He who receives me, I'm sorry, he who receives you, receives me. He who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet, in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. Did you guys, if you're sleeping, you might want to wake up on that one. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet gets what? A prophet's, a prophet's reward. And it goes on to say, he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receives a righteous man's reward. The very thing that may be lacking in your life might be sitting right next to you. And you might say, well, how do I get it? And I know that sounds kind of self-centered. Well, That's just the Lord. I just need the Lord. What if the Lord put it in your neighbor and that's the way he wants you to get it? The very thing you may need might be sitting right next to you. But it requires something of you. It requires you to recognize, to respond, and to position yourself to receive. This tree right here, Rachel had this great idea. Jesus, the light of the world, was Rachel. She's our administrator secretary. It was her idea to do this tree. You know, and and the whole theme is that she, and one of the ideas is at the end of the service, what we're going to do is there's going to be an invitation for you to come. And what we want you to do is, either between now or December 17th, is to write an act of kindness that you've seen someone else do. It's something that you've seen someone else do, and I want you to write it down. It could be simple. It could, it doesn't, I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, I saw Brennan actually hold the door open for someone as they was carrying things out the door. That was an act of kindness, and I'm going to write it on here, and then you're going to hang it on the tree. So anytime between now and December 17th, that's what we're asking you to do. It was Rachel's idea, which I think, because like, what is it doing? It's getting our attention off of ourselves, and it's putting our attention on one another. An example of this is, where's Shelly? Shelly oh, stepped out. So Val, who's my wife, she, she recognized something in Shelly. Is Shelly here? Oh, there she is. She's back there. Hi. Everyone look back and say hi to Shelly, so you know who we're talking about. So Val, Val actually recognized the light in Shelly. She saw something in Shelly. Now, she saw this. They didn't have, like, I would say, any real level of relationship. They didn't go out and have coffee and spend time together and do things together. But just Val saw something in Shelly that was sort of attractive. Like, hey, I see something in her. So what did Val do? Val responded to Shelly. So what did she do? Actually, Val said, hey, Shelly, would you be willing to lead a connect group? I'll host it. It'll be at my house. But will you lead it? Shelly said, yeah, I'll lead the group. So she recognized something. Because it's easy to recognize something in someone and just stop right there, right? And I realize it's hard to do this with every single person in the world, <laughs> right? But, but the thought is, is like she recognized it. She responded by inviting her. And the next thing Val did is that she received what Shelly had to give. After every week, Val would go, that was so good. Like Shelley has this phenomenal way of tying in like, like spiritual health with mental health, with just well-being, and it's practical. Like you can put your hands on it. It's not like so mystical and so mysterious. And so Val is uh, actually receiving it. I could tell every week Val was receiving something from Shelley. So here's a little formula if you want a formula. Here it is. Are you ready? When you recognize plus responding plus receiving Equals a reward. When you recognize and you respond and you receive, that will equal the reward. Re- re- receive a prophet in the what? In the name of a prophet. And what do you get? The prophet's reward. Now, here's the cool thing for Val. What was the reward in it for vow? The reward in it for vow was relationship. A reward in it to me, because Val did that with Shelley, one of the rewards in it to me is, "I'm getting to know Ben better." See, the reward is relationship. But also one of the things that Val gets is just an understanding, more, a greater understanding of health. Whether it's mental, emotional. So this, the reward is this. The reward is relationship, and the reward is a sustaining, is a sustaining light. Everybody OK? <laughs> we're coming around the back quarter right here. So y'all know that we had a softball team, right? Y'all remember, remember a long time ago that you guys weren't praying very well for us and we were, at the time I made that statement, it was a Sunday morning, we were one in five, I think. Is that right, Jeff? If you play softball in here, would you raise your hand? If you're on the softball team, would you raise your hand? So look around here, look around, okay. So, so what happened is, is, oh yeah, there's Jerry right over there. So what happens is, I think you guys felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit And you begin to pray for us. We went on a win streak. How many did we win in a row? Five? We won the next five. At that point, when we asked you to pray for us, we were out of nine teams, we were in eighth place. We were in eighth place. Do you know that once you guys started praying for us, we went on a win streak. We made it into the semifinals. Come on. Come on. We made it into the semifinals, and we finished. We went from eighth place to fourth place. You know why? Because you valued us as a team. <laughs> you begin to pray for us as a team. No, but I mean, so one night we're playing a game, and we're in like the second inning, and we're in the outfield, and all the lights shut off. And it's pitch dark. I mean, you couldn't even, you can't even, at this moment, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. How many of y'all know that when you're in the outfield, that can be dangerous, right? The glory is not the ball to smash your face. The glory is to catch the ball. Like that's the glory. That's the goal. That's the target. That's the aim. You want to catch the ball and you want to throw the runner out. You can't do that when you can't even see the ball. So we're kind of standing around in the outfield. I think Jeff Jeff and I were talking about this. And so, you know, they go over there and they turn on the power and, and these lights are weird. They're not like you turn on the switch and they all come on at one time. Right. So they they turn on the switch and slowly one of the big sections of light starts coming on. And we know we're all, you know, we're all older, but we think we're younger. And we're like, we can play with this. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, of course, you know, we're all hobbled up. Not all of us, I I'm hobbled up. So one light comes on and we're like, yeah, 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 we can we can play with that. And we're like, no, we can't play with that. That's not enough light. So but eventually, one light, two lights, three lights, And, and so finally the umpire says yeah yeah we, it's it's bright enough let's play you know see but, see that's that's the that's the way god has designed us to be as a body and see that's why there's a bunch of these see this thing's not going to work if on december 17th this is what this tree looks like <laughs> that's not going to work see church doesn't work when a few of us are recognizing, responding, and receiving to one another. It just doesn't work. There's not enough voltage going out into the community. Like we were, The enemy knows. Look, he's afraid. If all he was relying on was the darkness on the earth, then why would he blind the eyes of the unbelieving? He knows there's a threat to his kingdom. There's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. It's called the church. It's called us be in a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But how many volts are going to flow out of this body to shine enough light to cause the city to take notice? Like, man, this light, there's some lights shining on there. You know, bugs will flock to a single light, right? can be pretty annoying, can't it? But you light a bonfire, you know, there's not too many bugs wanting to get close to a bonfire. And so my challenge to us this morning is as we go forward, as we walk as children of light, that we'll be more focused on the light in one another, that we actually respond to that light and we actually position ourselves to receive. Y'all, the receiving requires the most humility. It requires the most humility to actually receive from somebody. Because, see, I can recognize someone and I can do something for someone, but it's whole different. Do you remember Simon, the Pharisee? He recognized something in Jesus. Simon recognized something. As a matter of fact, he invited Jesus over for supper one night. Jesus comes in, he has supper, and a woman comes in. You know that woman, that sinner, Right? The woman comes in, and it's interesting. the scripture says this, that Simon makes this statement in his heart. He doesn't even say it out loud. Simon makes this statement. If Jesus knew what kind of woman this woman was, what kind of sinner this woman was, he wouldn't be letting her get close to him. So yeah, they, they recognize, man, he's teaching, he's fine. I'm gonna respond. I'm gonna have him into my house. They would. He would not receive from him. And he goes on to say, Simon, when I came into this house, you gave me no water for my feet. You gave me no oil for my head. And you didn't kiss me. But this woman, since I've come in the house, she has not stopped. And he goes on to say, wherever the gospel will be proclaimed, guess what? This woman's name will be known throughout all the. She got the reward. Because Jesus makes this statement Woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your sins are forgiven. Your name is going down in history. You will be known throughout all of history because she received, because she humbled herself. What if we humble ourselves towards one another? What if we allow one another and receive from one another? So I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And as they come forward, three responses this morning. It's fairly simple. Three responses this morning. You might be in here this morning and where's my blindfold? I don't know where it is. You might still have the veil. Because, y'all, I don't care how much you try on your own, and I don't care how much you seek, how smart you are, how much studying you do, and how much research you do, until you say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, I need you. This, until you do that, this stays right here. And you might see something, but you'll never, until you take that step, until you cry out to Jesus, this doesn't come down. And if this doesn't come down, you're not changing. Because when this comes down, guess what? I can see. And when I see, I become like what I see. So the first call this morning is this morning. And as a prayer team, if the prayer team would come up and, Swifty, could you invite put that out and just slide that off to the side? As the prayer team comes up, you might come up and say, I haven't made that decision. There's still a veil over my eyes. I've been trying. I've been doing some things different. I've been trying to do some things on my own. I've been trying to make my light shine. Until the veil comes down, you're not going to be able to see. Number two, the second response is this. Some of you, there's some hindrances that are keeping you from seeing the light in others. And you're just not seeing the goodness in your spouse anymore. You're not seeing the goodness in your kids. You're not seeing the goodness in your neighbor. You're not seeing the goodness in your employ- co-workers. You're not, y'all, here's the crazy thing is there's a level of glory in even in unbelievers. <laughs> They're made in his image and likeness, right? We can find something beautiful and valuable, valuable in everyone. <laughs> but maybe you're not seeing it. So maybe, maybe the response is this. You need to repent this morning. Maybe you've allowed familiarity to build in your life. And how do you know this? Do you walk around and you go, wow, they're amazing. Wow, they're awesome. Wow, look at them. Wow, that's so cool. Wow, I see God. Because when I see something cool in Marcy, and I recognize that, and I respond to it, I begin to participate in that, and my relationship with the Lord grows, and I actually begin to receive some of that. I begin to walk in some of that. So maybe familiarity has kept you from that place this morning. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness for taking people for granted. Maybe you want to confess that to someone this week. Maybe you want to go to them and say, you know what? I asked you to forgive me. You know, I stopped seeing this cool thing in you some time ago. I know it's still there. Because see, there's this principle You'll find what you're looking for. And if you say, it's just not there, it's just not there, then, then maybe you're not looking for it. Maybe you're not looking hard enough. You will find what you're looking for. And maybe you need to go to that person and say, I'm sorry for taking you for granted. Would you forgive me? And maybe you need to repent for pride. Maybe just pride is standing in your way this morning. Pride won't let you receive from someone. Because in order to receive from someone, you've got to let down the guard. This is not a receive mode. This is a receive mode. You don't always have to be the one that has the revelation, the answer, the idea, the testimony, this, this, or that. Sometimes you just need to step back and say, I want to receive from you. I want to hear what God's been doing in your life. I want to allow you to influence me right now. Yes, even with unbelievers, you can do that. It's amazing how that'll build favor in people's lives as you begin to do that. So the third response is this. Maybe you begin to recognize the light in someone. And this morning, we have a few weeks to do this, but this morning, if you've recognized something came to you this morning. You know, I saw Susan when she had this act of kindness. Write it down. I saw Susan, and when she did this, it blessed me. And then hang it on that tree. Y'all, because there's a day, and until this day comes, the world needs our lights to shine. And it's not so much about gritting my teeth and doing good works and doing good deeds as it is about seeing the light in you. Because this is what it says in Revelation. I mean, I'm sorry. In Isaiah. It's funny that it's, I think it was read, some of the scriptures I read this morning. Isaiah 60, 19. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light. But you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and your God for your glory. Your sun will no longer set, nor your moon wane. For you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over, y'all. It's going to be a bright and shiny day forever. But we get to partner with Jesus to provide some light in this community. If the community is dark, it's not the community's fault. Maybe it's because our lights aren't shining very bright. It's not our job to go ripping the veil off people's faces. All we have to do is shine in a way that causes them to say, is that the door? i tried a lot of other doors. Are you, are you suggesting that Jesus could be the door? Yeah, I'm, I'm suggesting that Jesus, he was the door for me. And when I walked through that door, I had no idea what I was about to receive. But when I walked through it, the light came on, the veil dropped, and I could see. We want to create a culture of light in the New River Valley, amen? So I want you to respond this morning, however the Lord leads you to respond this morning. There's awesome people up here that are ready to pray with you. So Father, I thank you for this morning. I do thank you right now in Jesus' name. Awaken hearts, sensitize us to your fingerprint in everyone around us. God, may we see the glory in each and every person. May we recognize that glory. May we humble ourselves. May we respond and may we open up our arms and say, I receive from you. I allow you to have influence in my life. I allow you to speak into my life. I see that wisdom in you and I'm not threatened by it anymore. I'm not gonna let my fear and insecurity keep you From influencing me. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness this morning. Where I did this for years with Val. I did it for you. I was so attracted to her, her wisdom, and the way she carried herself. And along the way, I stopped seeing it. And a few years ago, I opened my eyes and I began to see it again. And she has so much influence in my life, it's ridiculous. And we are partnering together today better than we ever have partnered in our marriage. Because you know what? Us together is amazing. When I receive from her and I begin to walk in some of the things she walks in, it's such a better picture of what Christ really looks like. So would you just stand with me right now? Lord, I, we just invite you to speak to hearts right now. In Jesus' name. Those baskets. Oh, yeah. So the baskets are up front. So feel free to come up. There's some pencils in the basket. Feel free to come up and grab, grab one of those and just write on that and then go hang it on the tree. So let's just worship and let's respond and receive what the Lord's doing for just a few minutes. I just want to um, give a few specific things I think the Lord might be highlighting this morning. And I don't want to belabor this, but there's a few things. I, I first, I want to speak to a lot of you guys over here. I know I know a lot of you guys are in the program there at Eagle's Nest, and um, I'm familiar with it. My brother was part of it. I have a lot of friends that have gone through it. I think it's phenomenal. And I saw a guy this morning that was fairly new, and I asked him the question. I said, have you landed yet? You know, have you really landed yet? And see, and I want to encourage you guys this morning that you're there because you recognized that you had a need. See, you recognized something, and you responded. You took action, right? You're here. And I just want to encourage you, don't stop short of receiving all that God has for you. Don't just feel like I, I, I've recognized it and I've responded and my job is done. It's just the start. And God says that if you allow yourself to receive, if you humble yourselves and you open your hearts and you receive that all that God has for you, that He will honor that. And that He will exalt that decision. When you humble yourselves, he will exalt you. Man is not in control of your destiny, okay? God is. Position yourself to let God control your destiny. Amen? Okay. And I just feel like there's just a few, I feel like there's some marriages this morning where you've you've allowed familiarity to come into it. You've taken each other for granted. I just want to invite you this morning. You can do it where you're sitting, but I want to invite you to come up. Just, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for taking my wife for granted, my husband. Maybe your children. Did you have you stopped seeing the cool things in your children's lives? Maybe siblings. Maybe you've allowed offenses. How about your coworkers? How about your neighbors? How about one another as the body of Christ? How about one another? So we're just going to take another two minutes and then we'll close up.